Hi, everyone. The following podcast is a Direct Message Network and Podcast One production. We are directly to your favorite stars. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Don't miss our New Year's special. The Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $899, plus special financing, only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Macy's after Christmas sale is going on now with an extra 20% off with your coupon or Macy's card. That's on top of great deals like 50 to 60% off coats for the whole family. And our lowest prices of the season, 65% off select designer bedding from Hotel Collection, J Queen New York, and more. Plus, buy one bra, get one 50% off, and five panties for just $30. Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on their purchases. Savings off sale and clearance prices, exclusions apply. Did you know that right now, GEICO is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's 15% on top of the money GEICO could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your dog to make you breakfast in bed with Belgian waffles and a fresh fruit compote? As nice as that sounds, that's probably never going to happen. But at least there's never been a better time to switch to GEICO. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit GEICO.com to learn more. This is adulting like a mother father. Thanks for tuning in to learn more. We applaud you. Now sit back, relax. So baby, keep it pushing while we have a couple laughs. And maybe get a little mushy. But don't forget to take a deep breath. Adulting can be hard sometimes. Just take the next step. Pick the right foot up and put it in front of the left. You do this over and over and you'll be ahead of the rest. And let me introduce you to the star of the show, Daniela Monet. I bet you probably heard her say, Chicago, Chicago. Well, now she's all grown up and got a little baby boy. His name is Gio. Dang, what a bundle of joy. We're a tribe of three, but we're building a community. So come along. It's time for some adulting. Welcome back to Adulting Like a Mother Father. I'm Daniela Monet, the mother. And I'm Andrew, the father. And we are both adults. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So if, if you're tuning in for the first time, this is a show all about adulting. Mm-hmm. If you're an adult now or you're just trying to be one. This is the show for you. I like to call our listeners. Actually, I've quoted. I mean, I've said this on my story, at least. Um, you're either an adulter or you're a mother father. Which one are you? Well, I'm all of them. No, I'm not a father. I'm a, <laughs> I'm an adult mother. You're an adult mother. Yeah. You said you're an adulter or a mother father. Right. Or, yeah. You're either. Yeah. An adulter. Wait, does that make sense? An adulter? Yeah. Okay. Or Go a mother that. father. Those are like our, you know how every podcast has like um people? Right. Like the, the, the names? So you're either just an adult. Right. Or you're, you've taken the next step and you're a mother or a father. That's all you're saying. Right. Gotcha. And it's not necessarily the next step because like what makes being a mother father really a next step? Because being an adult has many steps. Uh, yes it does okay you don't need to be a mother father to like step up in life because let me tell you it feels like you're stepping down in a lot of ways sometimes um all right well okay so let's jump in do you have an adulting win or fail from this last week yeah the adulting win is um completing the camping trip Mm -hmm. because uh we intended to go you know from tuesday to friday and we almost came back on tuesday correct so that was a win uh the fail was this is so random, but we got some ants in the RV while we were there, mm-hmm. and I f- literally feel like they haven't left. You what know what I mean? Like, mean? I feel like when you see ants, you feel them on you, even if they're not touching you. And oh, yeah. I've felt them on me since Thursday. Oh, that sounds disgusting. You know what I mean? Yeah. How about you? Um, adulting win and fail. Okay. My win is that like I had a lot of good, really high peaky moments while we were camping where I felt like this is life you know when you have those moments you're like oh 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 I get it you know I'm like disconnected there's literally no cell service um I feel like I'm really living I'm walking to the beach every day I'm living with less you know and feeling good about life the fail was probably the adjustment to get to those peak moments because girl i I don't know if I was totally cut out for camping. Um, I camped as a kid and loved it. Uh, It's so different when you're the adult and you literally have the responsibility of like manning your campsite 
Dude. taking care of your child. I was going to say that's the <laughs> big X factor sure right that there. Everyone is fed, sleeping well. We brought Jake, you know, make sure he's comfortable. He's fed, sleeping well. Oh, by the way, it's a heat wave in we're in the middle of nowhere. We don't have a, you know, like we had no power hookups. We had no water hookups, okay? Yeah, we did not know what we were getting ourselves clarify, into, okay? Clarify. What so we, we had we a did generator. Have, we, yeah, yeah. So if anybody has experience camping in an RV, you either have hookups or you don't have hookups. If you don't have hookups, you can only use the water that's in the tank on the RV, uh, and you can only use the power from the batteries. And if you run out of battery, then they need to be charged, and usually you'd use a generator. Okay, right? so let's go into that mindset, right? I knew this, right, going into it. From Tuesday to Friday, you are told you have to conserve you are camping. That is conservation. You're straight up living within your means with no real forms of like, I mean, obviously we had an I mean, RV, so we were very lucky. RV. Okay. But like, you know, it's tight quarters. You have limited food. You're not used to your modern conveniences. I mean, we were making coffee very differently than one would make coffee yeah, at home. It's like a lot of things were different. And then you're told if you take a shower, you may turn it on, rinse your body, soap your body. And then rinse yourself off very swiftly. It just is different. Now hold I'm... up. You're supposed to you're supposed to turn it on, get your body wet. Yeah. Turn off the water. Correct. Soap up. Then turn back on the water just to wash it off and then turn it right back off. Correct. That is the truth, yes. You know, every time I hear that, I think about the days when I was in my very first tour bus uh, back in my childhood. It's <laughs> 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 uh, another story for another day. Um so that happened. So was, was that the hardest part for you is just conserving? No, it was just that initial day of like having to situate ourselves. I thought, you know, oh my goodness, there's bunk beds in this thing. Let's rig something so that Gio can have that entire bunk bed to himself. And had we owned this RV, what a brilliant idea to put like a crib like gate. Yeah, like a gate. On the bottom RV, and then he essentially has this whole like large bed space, and they had like a black back the blackout curtain, which was really nice. Um, but we didn't have any way of rigging this, and the kid knew there's no chance I'm staying on this bunk bed. So we had to then take our playpen out of the car and take up eighty percent of our floor space, <laughs> our five by five floor yeah. space. And he ended up sleeping well, so no complaints there. But it was just that initial day that felt like a fail where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. It was a big adjustment. Yeah. No cell service. Like literally. And I did not know that going into it. I think you would have been fine if we had service. So I probably would have. For me, it was more just like the work element, like not having prepped anyone, you know, at Kinder or anywhere else. Like, by the way, I'm not going to be available for four days of a work week. (laughs) Or if I was available, I literally had to get yeah. in the car, drive out to sell land. So maybe that's your adulting fail is you didn't prepare before we left. Like you didn't but let listen, people know. Let's be real. Am I someone who will ever prepare? No. It's just against my DNA. That's not a real adulting move though. It's fine. I get by. And okay. I don't just get by. I thrive in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love she a does. shortcut. You love a shortcut. It's I thrive on a shortcut. Yep. And that's good and bad. I think I'll just leave it at that. We don't need to discuss that for 30 <laughs> minutes, but it's good and bad. Yeah. Um, okay. So w- clarify, what was the worst part of camping? There was really was no, it was no, it was just the idea of knowing that you're obviously not in your comfort zone. And then the modern comforts that you mm. hope to have, which are like, you know, a clean shower and wa- running water and uh, electricity are also extremely limited. But were they that limited? No, they were incredibly in li- limited. <laughs> like we saved the generator AC for Geo's naps. Yeah. And even that was like, ooh, we're going well, we a little even, crazy We couldn't even here. run it until at least 10 in the morning. We had to <laughs> shut it off by 8 p.m. Those are the park rules. What? Those were the park rules. There was rules. no generator outside of those times? No, because they're loud. Oh, my God. I see. I didn't even know that. If yeah, I would have well, known know. that. We know. Then we would have been like, oh, I don't know about this. Um, all right. Well, let's move on. I actually want to talk about something that I think is actually an interesting topic. But before we get into what we're about to dive into, you guys, stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break and then you're going to learn a lot about us. More adulting like a mother father when we come back. 
Okay, guys, let's talk about smoothies because it is a hot one outside. And really just smoothies are delicious and nutritious. And let's make them more delicious and nutritious with a little thing called Blender Bomb. It's a nutrient-dense bomb made up of real ingredients that turn your smoothie into a complete protein. There's chia seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds, walnuts, pecans, almonds, and dates, all the good stuff. Um, You just basically toss it into the blender with the rest of your smoothie ingredients, blend it up, and you have a perfectly concocted smoothie. Yeah, you do. You know, they taste really good. And um, like you said, they're, they're just so easy. It's like, why not use them? And the whole point behind them is to encourage people to move away from protein powders and synthetic smoothie additives and instead to use whole real foods that help stabilize your blood sugar. Um, blender bombs work by adding the perfect ratio of protein, fiber, and healthy fats to keep you full for hours. Most people do not consume enough omega-3s in their diet and blender bombs are full of them. So guys, when you go and check out blender bombs, you'll see that they have a whole line of healthy smoothie products like granola, bomb butter, and bomb drizzle. Get it all, put it all together. It's amazing. So true. And just note for my vegans out there, bomb drizzle is, I think, in fact, vegan. I think it's made with dates, which is unique and delicious. All right. So you can go to blenderbombs.com and receive 20% off your first order by using code adulting at checkout. Check it out. And now back to adulting like a mother father. Okay, we're back. So before we took a break, you said something about learning more about us. Um, and uh, I think what you meant to say is we want to talk a little bit about all the jobs that we've had that have led us to the point that we're at in life right now. You know, there's a lot going on in the world. And uh, a lot of people are changing careers right now, trying to figure out what they want to do. Some people are still finishing up school, trying to figure out what direction they want to go in. I think people's paths are really, really interesting. And you might look at somebody and where they're at today and think that's what they've always wanted. Uh, That's the path they've always been on. But I think what you'll find is it's like for most people, it's super zigzaggy. Like for you, right? Somebody might think, oh, you're just, you're an actress, you're an influencer. You've done that your whole life. But since I know you, you've had so many odds and ends jobs and like random things you've worked on. Please share more about your journey. Okay. Oh my gosh. Well, let me start by saying that I didn't take the traditional approach where, you know, if I'm going even further back, I didn't even finish school. Um, And that might just be shocking or normal for people to hear. I graduated in the most unconventional way. I've actually never spoken about this. It's kind of embarrassing, but it's just what it was. So I'll be a hundo. Um, I took a test at some random facility when I was at some point in high school, and it was what you would call like a high school equivalency exam. Um, basically summed up all of high school in some like four hours and got a certificate for some random high school, which enabled Nice, sounds legit. Oh my gosh. It was in the middle of nowhere. It was so sketch. But it was something that a lot of actors at the time were doing, and it enabled me to go ahead and do a job in Utah without any guardians. So I was only 17 years old. Um, So you had to have your education finished before you could do that? Yeah, and that was a common thing for a while. You know, a lot of productions didn't want to pay for an on-set tutor or have like a union rep there so that they, you know, didn't want to be out of pocket basically that money. And they would ask for you to be either emancipated or graduated. And that's what I did. But um, prior to that, there were a lot of odd jobs. I mean, I, I enjoyed... What was your very first job? My very first job? Very first. My very first job where I, like, worked at a facility was... Um, no, no, no. It can be, like, your very first job that you got paid for. Was it acting? Yes. It was? Well, yeah. I started when I was, like, five years old. Okay. You didn't work before that? <laughs> No, I think I was like in preschool or something. Um, yeah, no, I was I was a, a child actor for sure. But I'd say my very first like conscious job outside of acting, because acting for me kind of felt like it was a hobby, was working at a jewelry counter in a high-end boutique. I worked um, there, got a lot of sales experience. I actually sold to clients like 
the Kardashians. Didn't they have at that time, wasn't their store right next door or am I thinking of something else? Their store was like walkable. Yeah. Walkable. Yeah. Because I ended up working at their store as well. Wow. Which was random. Yeah. So my boss at the jewelry counter was actually the Kardashians godmother. And before there was a Kardashians show, I walked into the store. I used to make guitar guitar pick earrings basically mm. i used them in the nancy drew movie if anyone saw it you could see Wait, my you own made those i used to make them and i sold them to productions wow. and i got to wear them in this feature and so i walked in and i was talking to the jewelry counter lady and i said oh, i make my own jewelry too i was only 15 at the time and she was like are you looking for a job i said yes of course why not this sounds Were you? awesome no but i i was 15 i didn't even have a work permit outside of acting right so it was like that particular job just interesting to you or was the person interesting? Like what made you say, yeah, I am looking? Well, I was groomed to be a yes person. You know, I'd walk into an audition. They'd be like, can you do martial arts? I was like, absolutely. Right. Could you, you know, I thought I could sell a car when I watched an infomercial for like classic cars. I was like, this is what I can do. I'm born to do this. Like, I just don't know why I was like that. So I just said, yes, I can do this. I'd love to sell jewelry. Didn't know that it was like, really beautiful high-end like quality one-of-a-kind pieces but it taught me put that into perspective what do you think the most expensive piece that like you saw come through or you sold was so one piece of jewelry in particular was an engagement ring but it was a pink stone okay it wasn't a diamond i forget exactly what stone it was but i remember and i remember having to drive the engagement ring to this guy's office Mm mm-hmm and deliver it to him i was only 15 you know and i'm like congratulations good luck <laughs> right sounds like a sense it was thing gorgeous a diamonds do. everywhere beautiful do you remember um, what the cost was on that you know i don't even know that it was that expensive because it wasn't a real diamond but it was probably around like 10 grand wow and well for what it was i'm not saying that's not expensive because that's a very beautiful see beautiful but that's piece. crazy even if like let's say it's in the ballpark of 10k right the number of 10k to a 15 year old is like astronomical oh and i was in the fact that you got to handle that stuff (laughs) i know i was making commission and you know i was actually working under the table too which was crazy right 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 dude anyways what a what a life experience so through that ended up working at dash for a hot second that's Um, the kardashian store yeah or was yeah do they still have that i'm not sure okay well are there even retail stores open like i don't remember the last time i don't know what exists anymore yeah Um, But interesting experience for sure. And around that time, I also got a job working at a restaurant, a vegan restaurant called Madeline Bistro. And that, let me tell you, customer service is an amazing skill to have for your life. Waiting on tables, you know, it's a fast paced industry. You're working off tips, you know, it's all about like hustle and bustle, cleaning. I mean, I remember scrubbing toilets like it was all the things. And I loved it. Yeah. Rest, the restaurant hustle is pretty fun. It's exciting. I mean, it's, it's exhausting. A, I, that, it's a great job. And it's one like I think working in a restaurant is something that every single young person should do because I feel like it teaches you so much about people and so much about life. Couldn't agree more. And it's, you know, sometimes, yeah, you said it perfectly, but it's not always the easiest. You know, sometimes you're no, waiting on grind. people. That, can I tell you a funny story? I may have already shared this already, but one night. I was waiting on a party, which everyone always wants the parties, right? Of course. So I'm like, yes, I'd love to take this party. It was my agent at the time and mm. the whole like agency firm. And I had never said there was a guy. No, he, no. Did, did he know? He didn't know. No, because I was, I was always doing things on the side. Like I just liked being busy. I wasn't in school. I, you were, you were a working actress at that time or around that time? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I had just finished, um, at this time I had just finished the movie in Utah. Um, I, this is right before I got victorious. So I'm auditioning, I'm doing other jobs, things in that. Like I, I just liked, um, working thankfully the jewelry and the restaurant were really accommodating so i was able to still audition or take a day off here and there it wasn't like and i wasn't on the books technically like i was kind of in and out i didn't even get paid per the hour at the restaurant i just worked for tips because i liked the experience yeah and i worked for food basically Um, wow it was a great deal for them well it was a great deal for me i got to take home the food there was so expensive yeah, right. And it was probably like one of the only, at least the only good 
it vegan was the restaurants best. at the time, right? It was the absolute best. The way I got my job was that I had just gotten my license and I would drive there, sit there by myself and like save up my acting money for like a dinner by myself. And it would be uh. expensive because it was like one of those places where you get like three courses and it doesn't fill you up. But it was so good that you pay the money. Wait, how old were you at that time? 16. 16? Yeah. How much was like a, a like a really good meal there? Like the whole meal? Like I'd 100 say bucks? I'd go in there and I'd spend like, for me, it was like 60. Damn. 16 spent 60 bucks on a meal? Yeah. And, and that okay, was baller. Why, no, but I was working at the time. I was also selling jewelry, obviously, making some commission over there. Yeah. And they asked me like, would you be interested in working here? I'm like, yes, but I've never like done that before. So again, a huge learning lesson. I think like taught took me a the lot. Risk. Yeah, of course. It was the it was a great experience because now, thankfully, in a very long winded story, I'm now an investor in Outstanding Foods. Which, yeah, I was going to say, make that connection for the yeah. Listeners. So the chef of Madeline Bistro, Dave Anderson, is our chef at Outstanding Foods, and yeah. so. And he's an absolute legend. His food is amazing. He's actually he's come incredible. here. When they pitched us. the outstanding uh, proposal or idea, Dave came and cooked here at our house and like courses on courses. His on stuff courses. is incredible. I mean, if he needs any more credibility, he's also the he's um, not the inventor, but he's he helped curate Beyond Meat, yeah, like the exactly. original Beyond Meat burger. He's just been in the game forever. He was, I mean, he was a, he's a legend, and so. That whole experience was so cool. I mean, we would have like Paul McCartney come into this little tiny hole in the wall. We didn't even have signage wow. on Ventura. Sure. No signage at all. It was like a hidden the cool places gem. don't. Yeah. And we didn't really have busters, so we kind of had to do it all. And it was like one of those restaurants. I mean, I've already said it's so expensive, but we had like the full plates with the spoons on top. And Oh, yeah. Did you have to fold up the little triangle absolutely napkin? Absolutely did. did. Yeah. I've, I've had my triangle trip. napkin days. <laughs> More adulting like a mother father when we come back. Guys, if you like food, uh, time to listen up, okay? Let's talk about Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well, easy, and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. If you haven't heard of Green Chef, they're uh, a meal plan that delivers straight to your door. The stuff that we've had so far is amazing. Mm -hmm. The recipes are quick and easy with step-by-step -step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. Uh, and the ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped. Okay, so let me tell you why I am really excited about Green Chef. I've actually never gone down the rabbit hole of like the home delivery meal prep services, but this one has a fully plant-based option. And so we went with that. And what I loved even more so than the food, obviously, is the fact that everything was kind of eco-conscious, like all of the little packaging and stuff that was all recyclable and it'll say right on the plastic bags. Yeah, so you cool. literally can just put it all back in the bag it came in. And as long as it's rinsed and ready to go, you could throw that in your recycling bin. That made me feel really good because sometimes those little individual stuff, like I just feel like it's so wasteful. But yeah, the meals totally. are freaking delicious. Yeah, I was say, the packaging is one thing, but the food yeah, yeah, is yeah. actually amazing. It's just convenient. It makes it just an easy planned meal. You don't have to think very hard. You know what, you know what was interesting too? is like we cook a lot. Yeah. But the things that we've cooked so far are so different than anything that we would have made. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because I was thinking about this, making the miso glazed tofu, whatever I just made. I literally thought this is better than ordering in. And it's a bigger portion. And you don't have to wait for it. And it's cheaper. And anyway, so if you guys are interested in this kind of service, this is the one that we recommend going with. At least it's the first one we've tried. So check out um, Green Chef. Use code ADULTING80 and get $80 off your first month wow, plus free shipping on your first box. So go to greenchef.com slash ADULTING80 to redeem and get more details. All right. Go to greenchef.com slash ADULTING80 to check it all out. It's so good. And now back to adulting like a mother father. Okay, so you were acting since since you were little, yeah. right? Off and on because it's not always very steady. Then you sold jewelry. Then you worked at Dash. Mm -hmm. Then you started working at Madeline Bistro, which is the Correct. restaurant. Where did you go from there? Um, another cool experience kind of happened where I this is all in the valley, and I went to go to Equinox. It was a newer gym that opened. I forgot. About I was such Equinox. a gym rat. I loved gyms, and I just wanted to be a member. But it was a fortune at the time. It was like a hundred and something dollars per month. And I walked in and I said, "Hey, you, 
like, are you guys hiring? And you get a free membership. So I worked in the kids club for, gosh, a few years. And I loved that job. Yeah, it's a good job for you. I loved it. Yeah. And it opened me up to like a whole different pool of people who I now consider family. You know, I watched these kids grow. I had two months old in there, like babies that are now like 12 years old. That was a great networking place too. I mean, you were young, right? But working in the kids club, I mean, most people that go to Equinox, right? They have a little money. They're successful in many different ways or whatever. Yeah. And they're bringing their kids in for daycare while they work out or whatever. Mm -hmm. So these parents, like you're networking with them too. And like you've met, I mean, I know you were getting into saying it, but you've met so many cool people that like we're still connected with. I know. Just good people. Like I, yeah, I feel very lucky to be in that world. I mean, some of our, our closest friends are from Equinox, either worked there or were members and yeah, it was a good time. On my breaks, I would literally go and work out on the treadmill or read my script for whatever I was, you know, working on or trying to get at the time. Yeah. It was a hustle, man. I mean, it was a it was a roller coaster of a time. And, you know, what's even crazier is at that time, I was kind of like a, a nomad. Like, I was working a lot, so I was always busy and kind of out. But at home, I didn't have a ton of like, or at least I didn't feel like I had a ton of stability. So I was kind of like in my car, staying at like an aunt's or my grandma's. Yeah, you were floating around a lot, right? Yeah. It was And it's not because you had to. (laughs) No, I could have probably been home, but at the time, um, my mom had some renters that had taken um, my bedroom, and it it sounds so weird, but- You left for one job. (laughs) One weekend (laughs) job, come back, and your room's gone. And she's like, can you pay some rent? And I was like, I'm working so hard to make this money. I don't want to give it to you. Right. And you're what, 16, 17? (laughs) Yeah. So I just was like, I got this. I'm going to like make it work. And thank God I have so much family around. Yeah. So I I did. And I look back on those years and I think nothing but the best of them. They were fun. I was all over the place. Yep. That's when you're at a point in life and you reached it earlier than I did, but you just like the possibilities are endless, you know? And you just say yes to things because they lead you into the next thing and the next thing and the next totally. thing and all the adventures. Totally. Yeah, it's a fun place to be in. Yeah, and you don't have the responsibility. It wasn't like I had a, a mortgage or, you know, yeah. I didn't even have rent at the time. I had Property gas tax. bill and insurance and a cell phone Jeez. bill. That was it. Yeah. So, okay. So did your like odds and ends type of jobs end there or was there anything else? So... From the kids club, I realized I could make a really good living babysitting. So I whipped up some business cards and I started doing ABC babysitting. (laughs) Was that uh, the name of it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm looking at, I'm like literally visualizing my business card. Um, And I would just do that. So I'd get off work. I would babysit the kids at night. Um, Great money, cash. Dude, let me tell you this. I, you know, I don't know why would I have known about babysitting money prior to, but when I moved to LA and and learn that there were a lot of people babysitting and most often it's it's girls right doing right. it the cash that you can make here is ridiculous like but think about it now that you're a dad yeah you'd pay cuz you'd absolutely you pay want somebody for that good, you trust yes. and, yeah and these were like i mean these are kids that were literally like family to me you know i still talk to them today 10 years later so yeah it was it was all around a really cool experience um and from there I saved up a lot of money and I ended up investing in the condo that I moved into short time for right. a short time Yeah, and lived there for probably about, I don't even remember now, maybe six months to a year before I realized why do I own a place at 17? Like this is crazy. It was in Calabasas. Like I thought that I was something I wasn't and I was still trying to work and all these different. I remember your decor in there? Oh, it was a pain. It, well, what it was, was both my parents had cancer at the time or were, yeah. So basically I bought everything that was pink related that went towards cancer. So like my knives were pink, like everything you could imagine. I think there was a website where you could buy um, anything, home related, clothing, whatever. And all the money went to back to like cancer research and everything happened to be oh, pink. Cool. <laughs> so my whole entire place was pink. <laughs> What a trip. Yep. Okay. So um, I know after that, like you've always been into real estate mm-hmm. and you finally got your real estate license. This is what, like 
three, four years ago from now? It was about, yeah. So I got my real estate license, yeah, about four or five years ago. But about that same age when I bought the condo, I was going to school for real estate. But I never, oh, that's right. I never got my license right. back then. I did the courses, but I was too scared or whatever. Didn't feel confident enough to take the test. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I did do, um, I did pass my personal training certification though around that time. Did you do any of that? No, I never used it. I thought that I could have an in working at Equinox, but I just like wasn't confident enough to like take myself seriously as a trainer. And I much preferred working with kids who just didn't judge me in that way. So that didn't go anywhere, but it was, it was still a nice like thing to have. Yeah. You're kind of like queen of like certifications and oh, programs God. and stuff like that. You mean my stocks and bonds class on the weekend yeah, and my freaking flipping exactly houses that. on like, yeah. oh my gosh. See, but that's why like Skillshare is so cool for people like you. Cause, like, well, that's why I'm saying like I, I like the quick learns. Yeah. I don't know that I would have been prepared to commit to one degree and learn about it for an Dude, extensive I don't, I don't period think of time. Is. I think I think it's really hard to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, in my, I'll just keep this quick. In my experience, like I picked something, I wasn't confident about what I picked, but I just felt like it was where I should go. And like you get into it. For me, I got into it like in the first few classes. I'm like, yeah, I don't even enjoy Wait, so this. explain to everyone, you know, how you even picked your major. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I got to like almost end of year two right and you had to start taking that part seriously where you're picking something to get your four-year degree and I was always really good with numbers they always came super easy for me like you were a smart kid I was a smart kid I had a four point I had I graduated high school with over a 4.0 I had I had straight A's literally since the time we got letter grades which I think for me was third grade all the way through 12th grade so impressive because it wasn't as though school was like your main priority. I mean, you were involved in basketball, football, baseball. Yeah, but it was like my job to do it all really well. You know what I mean? Based on like how you felt? Like I, had support, I had support from my parents. And um, I think I've talked about this before. Like, you know, my dad was on the stricter side. He was in law enforcement. I think it's just his personality type. And, um, he, you know, he had standards and he expected yeah. things to be a certain way. Um, I got incentivized a little bit, like with the grades. I remember I got like a dollar an A and if I got straight A's, it was doubled. So I'd get $2. I respect that hustle. And that was when I was, I mean, what are you in third grade? Yeah. You're like, that's ice cream after school. I'm good. I was getting like 44 bucks a report card. That was three times a year. I was living. (laughs) Um, so yeah. So long story short, got to the point where I needed to pick a major and I, I still wasn't sure. Like I wouldn't even know today, Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, I picked accounting because I had this perception of that career field as prestigious and you'd be successful, make a lot of money. And it made sense because I was good with numbers. Um, I mean, that stuff is applicable, but it, when I got into it, like even when I got into the courses and then got into the career field for a little while, it was not anything like I had thought it was. So at that point, was there any part of you that just said, okay, this isn't right. I dipped my toe in. I need to figure something else out. Yeah. Day one. But, but what was it that kept you in it? Because you saw it through. Yeah. I think part of it was, uh, circumstances like, um, I want to make this story simple. When I moved to LA, I was broke, like broke, broke. And I think we touched on this before. I was living on my buddy's couch. Um, I didn't even have a job when I moved down here. I worked for my buddy's parents for like three, four weeks, saved a little bit of cash. Um, and then during that time I was talking to, uh, a recruiting agency and they placed me in a, um, short term, like finance accounting job. And, uh, I think originally that was supposed to be for three months or whatever. And just kept getting extended. They wanted to hire me full time, but I kind of always thought that I was going to, I went to school, studied accounting. I was going to go work for an accounting firm. And it just so happened that, um, a good sized firm who offered me a position back up in Sacramento before I left school, bought another firm down here close to where we live in LA. And that was like within that first year I moved to LA and, and long story short, I don't know how I got reconnected, but the same guys that offered me a job in Sacramento we're working with this office here in LA and I got wind of that and I got in touch with people and they offered me a job at this firm here. So mm-hmm. it's just weird how it worked out because 
I ended up working for the same people that right. I said no to anyways. So <clears throat> long story short, I moved down here, no money, worked for my, my buddy's parents. Uh, they have a flooring business. So I was just doing like demo and stuff for a month. Then worked a, a short-term job, then worked for an accounting firm, which is what I studied. Uh, I knew literally day one on the job. I was, this is not for me. But again, then you I stuck, stuck in, in it. it for four years. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason for that is, uh, this is what I meant to say 30 seconds ago or, or 30 minutes ago, was it was circumstantial. Like, I didn't have any money. Um, that was a way for me to start building myself up here. Um it was a way for me to use what I had debt to get, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I had student loans from college and, um, I was just kind of locked in yeah. and, I, and I just, I think ultimately too, I'm just not a quitter. I just see things through, even if it's uncomfortable or if I don't like it, mm-hmm. you know? So that's where I was at. And I, you know, in my mind, I was like, look, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this to at least get my CPA license. So I was like the real deal and felt like I accomplished something. And that's what I did. I It took me like a year and a half to go through the process of studying and passing all I the tests. I will never forget that time. You were working so hard. I mean, you would work at this firm and then come back and study and it was a whole deal. Yeah, mind you, like when you start in, I was in public accounting, right? And when you're young, like you're just a workhorse and you work anywhere from eight to 14 hours a day sitting behind a laptop. And for me, it was like disastrous, right? But I would do that and then I would come home and I would study for an hour or two a night and then you have to pass uh, four different tests. That's what you had to do at the time. And that whole process, like I said, took me like a year and a half. So I got it and I ended up staying in for like another year and a half or something like that. So what made you pivot into sales? That's a good question. Um, A lot of my friends down here were in sales, uh, selling different things, but several of them in like tech, right? And these guys were crushing. Like these guys were young, like early, mid twenties, making six figures easy. And I was working my ass off for like 50, 60 grand, Mm -hmm. you know? And for some people, it's a lot of money. You know, it just depends on like what, what style of life you want well in la it's it's tricky and in la 50 or 60 grand is is peanuts because it doesn't get you that far sure um so i i I looked at some of my friends some of them are are like super bright guys they're super personable they had qualities that like maybe i didn't have at the time you're a little more shy and reserved yeah maybe um but i thought like look if these guys are doing it and they're doing really well I, i can do this and so i always for years i i thought I wanted some experience in it and, uh, somehow randomly these guys reached out, um, that had an accounting related company that they were setting up here in the U S from Australia. And essentially they were looking for somebody in a sales role who had accounting background, who had an accounting background because you had to be able to go into these firms and like speak their language and know how things work inside of them, whatever. And I jumped at it. Yeah. I jumped. It was perfect for me. It was a great gig for you. Yeah. And it was like a totally different culture. This was like startup life. I mean, we literally started with four people Mm -hmm. in this little WeWork office. If you haven't heard of WeWork, they're like temporary office spaces, but they're like super cool. They're vibey. So I took the plunge. I I had, um, when I started at my first firm here, I worked there for like three and a half years. And, uh, when it came time to, uh, uh, promotional round, like second or third time around, they they didn't want to pay me much more, and I wasn't happy with it. So I made a, a horizontal leap. I went to another firm and got twenty percent more than what I was getting, and I was only there for like six months before I ran into these guys who pitched me this sales role. And you know, for my personality, like I felt terrible that I was like literally came into this new business for six months and then was like, see you later. But in hindsight, like it's all about leverage and, and pitching yourself in the right way. And you framed it so perfectly because you had come from a position where they had offered you X amount of money and you were able to walk into this sales position. You know, granted, you didn't have a ton of time under your belt at this business, but you had that number and you had that confidence that someone was willing to pay you this. So you could walk in the door and say, listen, I'll take the job, but I just came from X, Y, and Z. Yeah, it's funny though, because I actually came in for less of a salary, which is normal in sales, right? Typically your salary is lower and you make more through commission, uh, which is 100% the way to go. So it was a bit of a gamble, but 
Um, I did it with the expectation that I was going to make three times what I was already making, you know? Sure. Um, if anybody's worked in a startup culture and the startup world, it doesn't always work out that way. It was like, it was a grind mm-hmm. for the first two or three years of this place. But, but you hung in there. I hung in there just like <laughs> I do. <laughs> All right, everyone, sit tight and we'll be right back for some more adulting like a mother father. All right, guys, if you're like me, um, you like free stuff. And I have a free sample for you guys to try this week um, from OxyClean Odor Blasters. I don't know about you guys, but uh, our place has been getting a little funky uh, because we're doing some working out out in the garage and we're bringing all obviously our, our clothes in uh, and they're just nasty. At least mine are. Uh, and we've got a couple dogs who, you know, are all around the house and they are also nasty sometimes, but OxyClean has, has done magic for me. Uh, these little odor blasters, they just blast away the funk, uh, that you would imagine is, is in my workout clothes and on the dog's blankets and on the rugs, uh, and everything else that they touch. So if, uh, if you got some of that going on in your life and, uh, you want to rid it with something that's super powerful, uh, and we'll just blast away that funk. Uh, I got something for you for you to try. So you've got to try OxyClean Odor Blasters for yourself. To work your magic with OxyClean, go to OxyClean.com slash try me and order a free sample. That's OxyClean.com slash try me, T-R-Y-M-E, for a free odor blaster sample while supplies last. All right, guys, we're back. Here's adulting like a mother father. What I've learned... You said something just a second ago that like really sparked some. What I've learned is even though I felt bad for coming in for such a short period of time and then leaving and feeling like I was letting people down, you know, in a lot of ways, especially in, in the work world, you have to look out for yourself first because the businesses will look out for themselves first. Loyalty is, is certainly important, but you are number one and you have to take care of number one first. It's good advice. Right. And you have to build leverage like... I won't talk about this too long, but when I was at this new company doing sales, I knew that I couldn't demand a whole lot because I didn't have any experience there. Like I had experience working in an accounting firm, but no sales experience. And like being able to sell is really where you build value for any business. So if you want to make money, you want to build yourself value, get into sales. But what I learned about leverage was that from the beginning, I knew I couldn't ask for a lot. But I knew that I could figure it out. I've always figured things out and I've gotten good at things if I wanted to. And that's exactly what I did. Like I came in with no experience and like mm-hmm. in a few short years I was crushing. Yeah. Crushing. And I got really good and I built myself into the position where I could go in and ask for life changing requests, mm-hmm. you know? And that's exactly And they what didn't blink and I and I knew that they wouldn't because sometimes and I think with your personality, it's harder for you to see the qualities that other people see in you. You're a lot harder on yourself. Sure. Whereas like I look at you and I'm like, you are just an asset that like anyone would be so lucky to have. Yeah, you know, I have confidence in that I'm I'm like a good I'm a really good utility guy, like well rounded. I can do almost anything. But I've never felt like I do like one thing extremely well, which but is that's how, okay. I think that's fine. Yeah, but that's how people can build a lot of value. It's like if if people or businesses or whatever need this one thing, and you're that person that can do it best, you can ask for whatever you want, really. Sure. You know, um, I put a lot of emphasis on getting good at selling and getting good at selling exactly what we were selling and to who we were selling to. And I built myself into that position where, like, I had that leverage. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, is that we then, had Geo. <laughs> you <laughs> went, oh, wait, that great offer that I've always dreamed of having at yeah. some point. Um, that one's going to have to go bye-bye because I'm actually resigning. Yeah, it's funny how that worked out. I think, I mean, it was supposed to work that way. Yeah. I felt great even though I didn't, you know, I was doing fine. Don't get me wrong. I was doing fine. Um but the deal that I made was like above and beyond anywhere I'd ever been in my life. You know, I worked really hard for it and then I walked away from it. But at the same time, like I was already burnt out. Like this startup world is, it's a grind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, 
it was supposed to work that way, I feel like. I think it's totally fine. I think that there is so much unwritten and that I'm excited for it all. And I think, you know, I see the sparkle in your eye and I see you working towards things that, like, I've wanted you to work towards for, gosh, nine years Yeah, it's, it, it's funny, right? Because I spent, like, through actually working in firms and then selling back to firms. I spent like eight years in an industry that like I did not enjoy it at all, which is crazy, you know? But sorry to interrupt you. I'm just thinking for people listening, like I feel like so many people are in that position. But the great thing about it is, is that you used so many skills from those jobs to get you to where you are today. hundred percent. Yeah. I don't regret it. I look back and and think like I, I, basically built myself totally you know i have a really solid understanding of numbers which is great to get into any and type business. of business and then i got experience in sales which i think is the number one um like ability or tool that you could have to go and and make money or create value for yourself anywhere yeah so true um so yeah the, you know the other thing obviously that i when i stepped away being a dad is the best job that i've ever had for sure and i'm so happy that i did it i wouldn't like I couldn't imagine not being around every day, mm-hmm. you know, and that's exactly what it would have been. So totally fine with it. Um, it just for, for anybody that's in a position where you, you don't, maybe you don't love what you want to do. You've always wanted to try something else or you haven't even started yet. Just like follow, like, I guess what, what makes your heart be, pop, yeah. you know, or be whatever the mm-hmm. word is like, Follow that. Don't follow the money because the money will come when you're into something that you really enjoy. Because if you can get to that point, then you're really, it's cliche, but you're not working a day in your life. I know. You know? So true. I didn't, the the number one thing for me was having Geo change my life because I didn't want to be the dad who, once he was grown up and could understand, was still doing something that I didn't enjoy. And he could see that. And he would be able to look at me and think like, well, Number one, ask the question, like, why are you doing something you don't enjoy? And like, you never had the guts to like go after what you wanted in life. And, and like having that conversation with myself was super powerful because at the end of the day, like you also don't, you don't want to be, well, you don't have to answer that to your kid, but you'd also, you know, we're all going to die. You don't want to die one day thinking like, I never even did anything that I wanted to do. Totally. I just did things and like, I was just burning through time. Yep. You know, I know that's kind of heavy, but no, I think it's. It's so true. Yeah. I think it's so interesting to talk about these things because in hindsight, all of this time we spent in these different jobs, um, whether we loved them or didn't, they all kind of led to one another. And I feel like in a weird way, like embrace the experiences, um, learn from them, take something away, like look at everything as a lesson. Like what can I take away from this or who is there that I'm working with who I can, you know, kind of model or whatever it may be. So that way you can leave and and go off and and do what you think is what you want to do. Yeah. I think it's totally fine to be in something a hundred percent, but also be planning for your next move. I like that. You know what I mean? For sure. Cause if you're going to do anything, you might as well go all in. Oh, I like that. It's I mean, it's hard to always do that and we're all guilty of not doing it. But when you think about like the people that are doing life best, when they decide to do something, they're all in, you know what I mean? And if they move on tomorrow, they're moving on to the next thing and they're going all in on that. And at least they're like, they're giving it their all and they're fully invested rather than just dipping toes in everything. Interesting. Do you know what I mean? Sure do. Cause I was a toe dipper. For a second, like, yeah, but when you dipped, yeah, the yeah, difference no. when is when you dipped your it, toe, I was in it for were you, sure. Were you like mentally invested, Very. physically invested, incredibly so? Okay. Like, I, I think that's something I've learned from just being in production too. Like, it, it doesn't matter what it is you're working on, you are in it. Like, I think I've said this before. It's like they are your family, they are your life support. This is all that matters in the world. Yeah. I, I approached every job that way, um, and also I think. There's potential in every job, right? And I used to say these this to my brother, my younger cousins, like, if you're going to go work at, you know, Starbucks or whatever it may be and make minimum wage, like, just know there's a ladder there. 
do you want stock in that company? Do you want full, be- you know, um, benefits or whatever it may be? Like you can make something of any position you're in. It just depends on how hard you work and how much you want it, and whether that's going to be the place you put all your energy in. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, and look at it strategically. Like one thing I learned from sales is asking the right questions. So if you have a boss in anything that you do, like a great question is what do you need to see from me or, or what, what could you see from me that would go above and beyond the expectations that you have? Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. What else should people ask? That's a good one. Um, yeah, I have so many. I'll save them for another episode because I think there's some Those sales. are good tools because I feel like a lot of us find ourselves in positions that we kind of just do day to day. Um, and maybe we could be thriving more in, in the job that we're in right now. I mean, when I moved into it. my, when I got, um, when I restructured my deal at my last company and I moved into a, uh, a higher position, which was created basically for me because we were growing. One of the questions I asked was very similar. It was like, um, it was what essentially, what would you need to see from me? Like, or, or what, what are the metrics what do you need to see from me in this position that would make you feel like I'm excelling? I'm giving you more than you're even looking for. That's great. You know what I mean? Totally. So it's very similar to what I asked already. But no, it, but it's important because um, I I work well knowing what there are, like numbers to hit, for instance, in sa- like for, you know, because in sales, it's like, well, what do you want to see me hit so that you can like shoot mm-hmm. for that and hire? Yep. Um, yeah, you got to have something to strive for. Yeah. Yeah, and you want to you want to blow people out of the water. You don't want to just meet expectations. Sure, and I think it's it's for anything, it's for ourselves, right? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. For <laughs> or if sure. you're motivated by money, I mean, that should be your biggest driving well, force. Well, I mean, that's why you'd be in sales anyway. Of course, yeah. I want to talk about jobs real quick cuz I just think it's it's kind of funny and interesting. Have you we ta- not been talking about jobs? No, no, no just <laughs> just past jobs. Okay. <laughs> you talked a lot about the jobs that you had. And I just think people's journey is so random and yeah. interesting. And I just want to share a few of the random jobs. That I I've need to had. hear it because these are my favorite. Just envisioning you in these positions. Okay. So I started a little bit later. I didn't work till I was about 17 and a half. And by that point I got an ultimatum from my mom. I always thought like excel at sports. We'll worry about how, you know, you go to college and all that and do that for free. Your job is to get good grades and be good at sports right? Mm -hmm. That's your path for now. All that changed when my parents split and like, you know, financial things come into play, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I got the ultimatum at 17 and a half to go get a job. I had to get a job or get out kind of thing. Yep. Uh, My very first job was at this place called All Clear. It was a pool and spa store. You were a pool boy? I wasn't, I no, I wasn't good enough to be the traveling pool boy. I wish, man. (laughs) I was in charge of like testing people's water in the store. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. And like putting together the sample items that were like out in the store. Sure. Which I'm sure you loved, Mr. Designer. No, I spent six hours one day putting together a foosball table. Why am I not surprised? It was what it was. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Long story short, I hated that job. Hated it. (laughs) I didn't like the guy I was working for. He's kind of a dick. Um, But yeah, I hated it. I worked for minimum wage and at the time I think it was like seven... 50 an Mm -hmm. hour um from there you know any of you guys that have older siblings i bet a lot of you guys follow in their footsteps regardless of whether you not whether or not you put any thought into like what they do you just do it because they've been a good example and you just follow their lead right so my brother worked at best buy and left for college whatever i left the pool store and got a job at Best Buy for a while because my brother had worked there. By the way, Best Buy was one of the coolest places in the world to Dude, frequent. Yeah, if, you, if you work in the camera department. Absolutely. Like the camera department was where it was at. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, an interesting one. They did have a nice employee discount, though. Oh, I'm sure they did. You couldn't buy much on $8.25 <laughs> an hour, but I got a raise one time. Uh-huh. It was like... Uh, 15 cents an hour oh i remember when raises back then were literally a nickel dude i was like what is this i remember thinking sorry segue real quick when i was working at the kids club i remember them saying like yeah we want to um up your position at the time i thought oh my gosh they're going to give me like general manager of the kids club which i would gladly accept but with that came like a nickel raise 
I was like, I don't even know if I want that responsibility for a nickel more. (laughs) We're going to bump you up to uh, childcare level two. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it was more like, uh, maybe it wasn't a nickel. I felt like it was a nickel. It could have been a quarter. But at the same time, I was just like, oh gosh, this doesn't feel very meaningful. No buying power. Yeah. Sorry. What was after Best Buy? Best Buy. And at the same time as Best Buy. Then you went through the restaurant gamut. That, That one was like coming up. I worked for my buddy's dad for a summer doing, he had a roofing supply oh, company. Right. Magic Mike. Dude, that was the hardest freaking job because this was in the Sacramento area. The summers are like 100, 105. Right. And you're up on roofs. Like we weren't actually roofing. You just bring and load all the supplies. So this like totally bundles of shingle and all that. All I'm picturing is Channing Tatum and it's it's working. Dude, that's, yeah, that's who I was. <laughs> okay. It's like looking in a mirror. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, yeah, so that oh, that was miserable. Yeah. Um, what did you love the most? Like, pick a job out of like your smaller child jobs before or after school. Wait, yeah. before post college school. No, before. So, what were your jobs that you that you'd say you loved the most? None of them. None of them. You know why? Because I didn't. I never put any thought into like what I actually wanted to do. I just did what I thought I had to do for some reason. Interesting. Still at 32, I'm figuring that out, and it's like becoming more and more clear for me now that like I can curate the exact life that I want. Mazel tov. You know what I mean? I love it. CEO, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah. If that's you right. if you're listening and you wrote that review, I love you. I thought that was so good. It was so accurate. If you go to the Apple Podcast reviews, no one's gonna read this review. But they're gonna us. go, okay. But if you want to write us a review, please go to please Apple, <laughs> iTunes, and um, oh, sorry, no, yeah, but Apple Podcasts yeah. and leave us a review. That one was great. Yeah. Sorry, we say you know what I mean all the time. Yeah, that's okay. Sorry. The best, the best job that I had, I, th- I want to say there was like one or two more little like odds and ends in there. But in college, I worked at a restaurant the whole time I was at uh, Fresno State. And uh, the restaurant was like right across the street from my house. It was amazing. It was like one of the most popular. It was a steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Please Perfect. forgive me. <laughs> um, it was like one of the most popular ones in, in Fresno. It was always busy or whatever. And I started there as a busser and worked my way all the way up to I was a server and like an, basically an assistant manager. I closer at night. And I was working like five days a week in college while like I was taking 20 units a semester or whatever. That seems like a lot. But here's the thing when you start working and in a restaurant or any other business where like you're the primary piece of your compensation is cash and you get it like day of you're like dude i just want more of this oh for sure you know i could not agree more i think working in a restaurant if it wasn't weird for me to go back to working in a restaurant and heck what i guess it doesn't even matter i can do whatever i want but the idea of making that cash money mm-hmm. if that even is a thing anymore now there's no cash being transferred but just that cash that satisfaction of opening up your 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 thing at the end of the night the and, little pocketbook oh thing. the pocketbook thing oh it's the best it's you know what's crazy is i was making probably like a hundred bucks a night or something like that mm-hmm. and at the time like that felt like great money. Oh, it was great, though. and it was great money for the time. You're in college. Think about like, what it. do you need? If it's not well, it's not taxed. It's well, hopefully not taxed, or you can tax it. Of course, I don't know what the legal thing is. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> Please don't come after me. I was 16. <laughs> but no, I mean it's it's it is what it is. So I think you know it's all yeah. relative to your age and what your needs are at the time. Of course. Yeah. When I moved down to LA, though, I learned you know you just learn a lot as you get older and go to different places, whatever. You could make, like right now, or maybe not right now because the pandemic and people aren't going out, but you could work at places here and probably make two to $500 a night. I mean, it's very possible, especially yeah. if you bartend. Alcohol is where it's at, money-wise, because, I mean, you sell a bottle of anything and your friggin' bill goes up 50, 60 bucks, yep. and you're getting 10% yep. at least on that, right? Yep. If you guys take anything from this entire episode, do sales. Yeah work in a restaurant and just get your feet wet and anything customer service related because if you do end up doing sales at some point it's really good to just have a relationship with the customer and understand people um and yeah here's the connection though if you serve in a restaurant or if you're a waiter or waitress whatever you want to call it sure Mm -hmm. you're doing sales that's what i'm talking about you know what i mean you know what I mean? Gosh. How about if you're a kid walking into an audition room at five years old telling them that you absolutely are a ballerina? 
I guess you're selling. <laughs> or you're a chameleon. I don't know. But I guess Ugh, when you do sales, you're a chameleon that, too. I had to reword that, let me tell you, because that doesn't apply in your real life as much. What? Like the chameleon thing. I used to think it was so impressive that I could just blend in and be everyone's best friend and be exactly what you want me to be. That is not a very good tool if you're trying to own who you are and yeah, really find yourself. To own who you are if you're doing that. Yeah, no, it took me a while to figure that one out. But guess what, babies? The 30s, that's where you figure a lot out. Dude, yeah. And if you can figure it out before then, more, yeah, more, more power to you for sure. Oh, man. Well, this was good. And if we're being um, honest, we, Andrew and I nearly killed each other before this podcast session. So it's always refreshing to even be able to sit in the closet with you and smile and talk story. So I appreciate your willingness and cooperation my yeah <laughs> in uh in the name of keeping it real this session all right we've recorded for about 45 minutes now mm-hmm. the entire session is probably taken two and a half hours correct something like that yeah you're, you guys are basically lucky you didn't hear the welcome to stuff. our love box guys <laughs> well i love you and i appreciate um just your openness and i i always think when you talk about you know, your experiences. And I guess when we talk about our experiences, it's just interesting. It feels like a different life. Sure does. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Um, be sure to leave us a review or go check out that fun review that one of our listeners left us. We love you guys. We pay attention to every single one of them. Hit us up on Instagram at adultinglikeamf. We are looking into getting a phone number so that we can take some voicemails or possibly some callers. Let us know if you're into it. We're going to pull a story on the Instagram. So, yeah, lots and lots to talk about and more to come. All right, we're going to leave it there. Okay. Peace. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Adulting Like a Mother Father. New shows drop every Tuesday on the Direct Message Network on Podcast One.